Good morning. So, so good to be with you today, to meet you. I, I've known Rod for a while. We've been in this group of teachers, and he would come and talk about this church and how much he loves you. And I feel so privileged to be with you today uh, to share a message from God's Word. As Rod was so eloquently saying, this is a day with mixed emotion. And I come with a message that I think is for every single one of us, but especially for every woman in the room, and even those women that are not here that you love very much and you're thinking about them. And our passage for today uh, is from Ephesians 6. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. This is the word of the Lord. The uh, letter to the Ephesian church was written by Paul to a group of people who were living in a very prosperous city. This was a major port in the Mediterranean area, modern-day Turkey. And this church was made up of Jewish believers and Gentile, meaning non-Jewish believers. Paul is actually quoting from the Old Testament to this church. And he's quoting one of God's Ten Commandments. He makes a point of adjusting the commandment to not just Jewish listeners, but Gentiles as well, because he removes some of the references that were for the nation of Israel and basically expands this command for all of us. It applies to us today. And he tells us that this is the only command that has a promise. Isn't that amazing? God commands, but he promises. He tells us that we ought to honor our father and our mother. To honor, what does that mean? It means to give weight to, to value its worth, to give it dignity, to lift up. And why would he call us to honor our father and our mother? When we think about how complicated this day can be, how some of us may have a very challenging relationship with Mother's Day. The fact that you're here is wonderful. If you're one of those people who are like, man, this is a tough day, but I'm going to church, this is my church, I'm going to be here, this is wonderful that you're here. Because some of us have a tough relationship, some of us perhaps are not mothers, and that's a choice. And so this day is a bit awkward, because people walk up to us and say, happy Mother's Day, and like, oh, I'm not a mom. Right? This is a day that can feel... It's absolutely beautiful, and we have an amazing, gorgeous day, and it can feel so joyful. As I was listening to people coming in, there's this energy of excitement and joy, and it can have that emotion as well. And then it can have the emotion of a bit of despair. I have a dear friend whose son um, just stopped talking to the family, just separated from them. He, he lives in New York, doesn't want anything to do with his mom, and she is so grieving for that loss has no idea why he made this choice. So painful. And so maybe, maybe you're here and that's your story. You have a, you're separated from your children and it's painful. For those who are wanting to be mom, moms, as Rod was saying, this day can be very challenging if you've been praying and wanting to be a mother. Maybe you're, you're a mother of one and you want two and you can't have the second child. There's a lot of emotions in the room is what we're saying. And all of those are okay. And yet, Paul tells us it is good for us to honor our moms. Today, of course, we're honoring the mothers. In a month, 
dudes, you'll be honored too. But today we're going to focus on the moms. And actually, I want to focus on all the women in the room. Because I do believe that Mother's Day reminds us of our womanhood. Would you agree? It's, it's the one day where we really recognize what, an, what a role we play in society and who we are. And today I want to give us a word of encouragement. I, I, I may be just me, but I'm thinking it's more than me, that we women sometimes struggle with insecurity. Anybody? Is it just me? Oh, good, it's not just me. <gasps> sometimes we feel like we're not good enough, that we don't, you know, we always are comparing to other women and thinking they have it all together, they are better than we are, why aren't we get putting it together? There's a lot of times when we go into this turmoil, and we have some anxiety sometimes about what our role is to be and how we are to show up. And I just want to encourage you from God's Word today. I'm going to use biblical passages to encourage you today to trust the Lord, but not, not just that, but to see how He sees you. Today, I want us to have a heavenly mindset, not an earthly mindset, that you see yourself and every woman that you know through the lens of Scripture. Two words, beautiful and brave. Beautiful and brave. First, beautiful. In Genesis 1.27, it says that God created man and women in his image. It says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. You notice the repetition of created three times. And then the repetition of being made in God's image. If you read Genesis 1, which, oh gosh, before I became a believer, I read Genesis 1 a bunch of times, and I didn't catch this. God creates all things. The heavens, he creates the earth, he creates the plants, he creates the animals. And it all goes fairly quickly in Genesis. In fact, it even says that the animals reproduce according to their kinds, that the plants reproduced according to their kinds. But then it slows down when it gets to humanity. It's a bigger portion of Genesis 1. And it changes to say, we were created in God's image, in his likeness. That God chose to make us to be like him. In what way? In his attributes, that we can reason, that we have intelligence, that we use words to communicate, that we have wisdom. Well, some of us more than others. That was supposed to be funny. Okay, I'm glad some of you got it. <laughs> that we are relational people. We are relational one, with one another. The majority of our stresses in life and our joys in life and our efforts in life had to do with relationships with other people. God is triune, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, eternally living in relationship. And we, in a sense, are as well relationships. Is this really bothering you guys? Because I can switch. I think there's a mic around here. Is it okay? Okay. Uh, we, are, we are made to be in relationship. We are like God in that manner. And number three, we do as God does. Because God creates, he multiplies, and he flourishes. He cultivates. You and I are creative beings. We create things. We create 
maybe things with our hands, with our mind. We might write music. We might write words. Some of us create beauty. Some of us create spaces. We create peace in a room or lack thereof. We are creative beings. And we do as God does. We multiply things. We multiply joy. We multiply peace. We multiply children. That's what we're celebrating today. And we cultivate. We use our gifts to bring good into the world. That's how we were created to be. That is beautiful, isn't it? God is beautiful, and he makes us beautiful. And I I know I'm speaking to all of you here today, but I'm going to point it out to you women who often we don't feel beautiful. You are beautiful, made in the image of God, precious in his eye. Now, you might be saying, I don't feel so beautiful. And I get that. I was 40, almost 40 years old when I first walked into Mariner's Church on October 20th, 2002. It was the pit of my life, the darkest season of my life, where I walked into that church with a massive, massive boatload of shame. By this season in my life, I had made so many poor choices that honestly, we were going to a church every single Sunday. Jim and I were going to a different church, and we didn't feel like we fit in. And we felt like as soon as they heard our story, they would just kick us out. There was nowhere close to feeling beautiful. And I mean not, not just the external beauty, but the internal beauty. I knew the ugliness in my heart and the mess I had created. And we walked into this church. The pastor, Pastor Kenton, started teaching on John chapter 4 about a woman who met Jesus at a well. Actually, Jesus went out of his way to meet her. She was there at the noon hour, the worst time to come and get water. And she was there, a Samaritan woman, meaning one of the women who would not be spoken to by any Jewish person, let alone a man. She was there not with other women, but by herself. Normally, that was something the women did together. And she had a messy story, just like mine. And when Jesus saw her, he says this to her, Will you give me a drink? Jesus opens up this conversation with the woman with a question. Inviting. Very inviting. Not, who, why are you here? Who are you? What's your story? But he begins this conversation with her. As you read this story for extra credit this week, go read John chapter 4. Or read my book, it's in there too. We find out that this woman had been married multiple times and at the time was living with a man who was not her husband. All the reasons why she was at a well at noon, when everyone else would be looking down upon her. At minimum, at minimum, people would think there's something wrong with her. Why is this happening to her if she was a victim? If she was multiple marriages because she kept blowing them up, then she would have a great deal of shame, and people would think she was damaged goods. When I heard this story... For the first time, I'd never read the Bible before. I realized, oh, wow, that, that's my story. I walked into Mariner's Church, having had two divorces, currently in a, an affair relationship. Already we had decided to get married, but we were living together, and we were full of shame. When I heard that woman's story, and I saw how Jesus spoke to her, showed his love towards her, 
revealed that he was the Messiah that everyone was waiting for. By the way, she was the first person to hear that news. Chapter 3 of John, a religious leader came to meet Jesus, who would have been the right person to say to Jesus to tell him, I'm the awaited Messiah that the people of Israel have been waiting for. That man was educated, of high status, a man of moral, you know, perfection because Levites and all the people who, I'm sorry, not the Levites, the Pharisees were very much about being morally right. That would have been the right person to reveal himself to, but Jesus chose to reveal himself to a broken, full of shame woman, stained by sin. And that was me. And I thought, wow, I want to know about this Jesus. Does it blow your mind that 20 years from then, here I am standing in front of you, it blows my mind? It blows my mind. You are beautiful. And if you feel that you're not beautiful because you feel so broken inside of you, know this, that in Genesis 1, God created us to be in his image. And yes, every single one of us in Romans were told we fall short of the glory of God. Every person here has a story to tell, has a a rebellious nature towards God in some way or some form. Even if you think I'm a pretty good person, but I keep God at a distance, that's the sin in us that rebels against a good, loving, powerful God. And when we do, he loves us. He loves us. How does he respond to us? With a question. In Genesis 3, when the the women and the man rebelled against God, God's first act was to ask the question, where are you? Drawing close. Today, if you feel unbeautiful because of your brokenness, accept the grace of Jesus Christ and realize how precious you are in his eyes. You are beautiful because God says so. Not because I'm saying so, but because God says so. And your beauty is more than skin deep. Listen, no matter how good looking we are, it falls apart. I am 60 this year, and I'm telling you, proof, it falls apart. We're not meant to be here forever. This is a season in our eternal existence with our creator. And therefore, the fact that our body falls apart is a reminder that there is that moment where we will be in the presence of God. So listen, don't put all your energy on the exterior. Put all your energy in the interior. And scripture reminds us of that. These are the words from Peter in 1 Peter 3. Wait for it to come up there on the screen, because there we go. Your beauty should not come from outward adornments, such as elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. I remember the first time I read this. I'm Puerto Rican, and gentle... And quiet, don't go together with me. I mean, I'm introverted, but I, I can be loud and obnoxious. I'll tell you that. And gentle, whoa, not even close. I can, I can be kind of tough, right, honey? Sorry, I love you. I'm sorry. Pray for him. <laughs> but I remember reading this going, that is so, so hard. It seems impossible to take on this gentle and quiet spirit. But I, I want to calm your hearts. That this term, when you read it in the Greek language, which is how it was written, yes, it does include this sort of softness and 
peaceful and calm kind of presence. But it really fits more as a pillar, like strength, strength of steel. And these two terms are specifically mentioned in Galatians chapter 5, verse 23, as a part of the gift of the Holy Spirit, a fruit of the Holy Spirit. All the various fruits of the Holy Spirit end with these two words, with gentleness and self-control. That word for quiet spirit, it's actually out of self-control. Therefore, our internal beauty gets more beautiful when we let the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, work in us. We are not going to be internally beautiful on our own effort. Scripture is saying, spend all your time trusting in God, praying God, praying to the Holy Spirit, Lord, make me beautiful from the inside out. Give me a soul, a spirit of self-control and gentleness towards others. And there are times where we need it more than others, right? Where there There is that person who pushes our buttons and you're like, oh, Holy Spirit, right now, right now would be really good. Give me some gentle spirit because out comes whatever. Or if you feel like a cat in the corner or you want to throw, okay, right now, Holy Spirit, would be a really good time to make me beautiful from the inside out. I need that beauty right now. So listen, you are beautiful from the inside out because he is beautiful in you. It's not coming out of your own effort. It's out of his. We can do all kinds of stuff out here, and the ugliness of our hearts will nullify it instantly. We could be the ugliest person on the earth, but the beauty of the Holy Spirit will blow people's minds. That's the beauty I want. That's the beauty I want to remind you, you have today. Peter uses the example of Sarah, and I love this because... Most of us would say that we are flawed people, that we may not have, uh, we're not perfect at this. You might say, okay, that's really good, Inez, but, you know, I fly out of of the handle before I actually think of gentleness and kindness. And I want you to know, you don't have to do this perfectly. And Peter uses the example of Sarah, a woman who is very imperfect, a woman who also struggled to trust in the Lord at times, who took matters in her own hands, who got a little bossy at times. I can, I can guarantee you, she had a little Puerto Rican in her. But here's what it says in Hebrews 11. By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, she was around 60, she was very young, was unable to bear children because she considered himself faithful, who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, sounded really old, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand of the seashore. Sarah is raised up. She was a beautiful woman, by the way. Her name Sarai means princess. And in scripture, multiple times we're told how beautiful she is. But here she's not commended by her external beauty. She's commended by her faith, her internal beauty. And then we're told Sarah's name was changed to Sarah. It was Sarai, then Sarah. Still beautiful and princess, but now a noble woman. In fact, a mother of nations. And her faith blessed nations and generations upon generations upon generations. 
her beauty was her faith. And out of that faith, generations were blessed. My dear ladies, today, as you embrace the beauty that God has placed within you, you will bless generations. You will bless many generations. What a beautiful thing to consider that legacy that we might leave forward beyond us. And by the way, you don't have to be a mother to do this because you can be an auntie, you can be a mother figure to someone, you can be a good friend, and all of that blesses out of your faith. My abuelita, my grandmother, her name was Angela, and she was a woman of God. Not perfect because she sometimes snapped at us once in a while, but she made the best toasted bread. Oh my gosh, so good. Because she had a toaster, we didn't. But my abuelita was a woman of faith, and she prayed for us constantly. And she prayed for me for 40 years to trust in the Lord. It took me that long. But she prayed for me. I think of her as a beautiful picture of a woman who affected generations, affected me, and affected my children. Beautiful. Not perfect. Beautiful. All right. The second one. Brave. Again, you were designed to be brave by God himself. And you, how many of you feel like, I don't feel brave? How many of you don't feel brave right now? It's okay. I get it. But I'm going to show you how Scripture tells you you are brave. You were designed to be brave. Back to Genesis, this time Genesis chapter 2, where we're given the instructions of how the woman, why the woman came and how she was made. It says this. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. This word helper in Hebrew is azer. You want to say it with me? Azer. And it is an incredibly powerful word. It is not that the women are less than men. We were created both in the image of God to be partners in joining God in the work of creation working together. And in this picture, you see that this word azer is used mostly about God. 22 times is used in the Genesis. I'm sorry, 22 times in the Old Testament. Two times about women. 14 times about God. All of them in a setting of war and battle and God coming to save his people. This is a military term for a woman. Come on, ladies. I want to hear some amens. Okay, a few places in Scripture that we're reminded of this. First of all, Moses calls one of his son Eliezer when he said, My father's God was my helper. He saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. That word helper? Azer. Psalm 121, verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. My help? Azer. The New Testament quotes back from Psalm 118. The Lord is my, you say it, Helper, I will not be afraid. Where can, what can mere mortals do to me? And then Jesus says this. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. This is now in the Greek, so it's not Azer. But notice how he describes the Holy Spirit to help you and be with you forever. Women, this warrior language is all throughout Scripture. We see it in Proverbs 31. That could be a dreaded section of Scripture for some of us women. Because we read Proverbs 31, and it's this huge description of how women are to be 
And so many of us feel we don't even come close. In fact, we cannot be this woman. This is actually the ideal woman described by a mother to her son, showing him all the beautiful qualities of a woman. And none of us do that perfectly. It's also a picture of wisdom, lady wisdom. So when we look at Psalm 31, once again, we're giving this warrior language for women, but the description behind it, none of us can live up to that fully, not without the help of Jesus. And even then, I doubt we get through the whole list in our lifetime. Breathe a little better when you read Psalm 31. But listen, it starts like this. Charm is deceptive. I'm sorry. A wife of a noble character, who can find? She's worth more than rubies. That word, noble character, which we have in two words in English, in Hebrew is one word, chayil. And that word, which we translate noble character, is another military term. Often used, a majority of time, is used for army. For army. A warrior wife, a warrior woman, who can find Son, find one of these women. That's what the mother was saying to the king. You go look for a woman like this, because women are brave. Two adjectives used about women, Azer, Chayim. You want to say it with me? Azer, Chayim. And they're describing the bravery that God has put in our DNA. And, you know, we know women are brave. I, I think of my mother, who is incredibly brave in so many ways. The psalm ends this way, Proverbs 31.30. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. We already talked about that. This is temporary. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. The answer, how are we to be beautiful and brave as God designed us to be? We reverence the Lord. We trust God above ourselves. We trust God above our success above our beauty, external, about our accomplishments or our financial strength or whatever it is that we tend to trust that is not trustworthy, we trust God. And that's what engages in us the beauty and the bravery that God already put in every single one of you. So many examples in the Bible. I'm going to run through them real quick as I close. And this is the common thread between every single one of these women. None of them were special. They were ordinary women, just like you and I. Sarah, we just talked about. Hannah, the mother of the prophet Samuel, who trusted God by giving her son to be in the service of God. Jochebed, which is the mother of Moses, who saved his life from being destroyed. And she took this huge, huge risk to put her son in a river and hope someone would take him. Wow, that's bravery. Deborah, unmarried woman. We don't know if she was married, but she led a nation into war. Esther, a woman who was married, yes, but she was an orphan and she was taken captive by a king to be his queen. And she risked her life to protect the people of Israel from destruction and marry the mother of Jesus. A young woman, maybe somewhere between 14 and 16 years old, fully submitted to God, allowing, saying to God, May your word to me be fulfilled. I am your servant. Women, you are ordinary, but you are extraordinary as you trust the Lord. You are beautiful, and you are brave, 
And today, I want to encourage you to be encouraged by that and to lean in to what the Holy Spirit is doing in you and through you. And we ought to offer each other a great deal of grace, ladies. We can be hard on each other. Come on, right? Come on. Let's, let's offer each other a lot of grace as we seek to trust the Lord. I'm going to invite the worship team up and Rod as well. As we read this over you, we just want to remind you who you are and whose you are and how precious you are in God's eyes. We got Thank Thank you. Thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you. And so as Inez says, we want to read this over you. If you want to put yourself in a position to receive uh, this blessing. The true beauty is seeing yourself through God's eyes. Because he made you and he does not make mistakes. He handcrafted you just as you are. And you are precious unworthy, and undeniably beautiful. And your inner beauty never fades or needs makeup. It doesn't wrinkle or age. And Jesus Christ is renewing your inner beauty day by day. He's gifting you with love and peace and endurance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And that is your true beauty. Recognize it and embrace it. Your beauty is not invisible. It shines when you bring good to others, when you share of yourself, and you glow with confidence and let the love of God work through you. And you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be you, transformed by the Holy Spirit. You are beautiful. Our Heavenly Father created you brave. His image firmly fixed upon you and expressed through your uniqueness. He will never fail you or leave you. You are brave because God created you so. Nothing demonstrates your bravery more than your obedience to God. Bravery is bravery. Even if it doesn't look that remarkable to anyone else, you are still brave because the Holy Spirit is your strength. The Lord is your helper. Do not be afraid. He has clothed you with strength and dignity and will equip you with all that you need. Be brave, my sister, even if you're not feeling brave. Bravery is a choice, not a feeling. Brave is being terrified and doing it anyway because you trust Jesus. We thank God for making you beautiful and brave. May the Lord bless you.